Live from Casa del Rio in Nashville, Tennessee, just down the river from the Grand Ole Opry, it's the Dreamer's Road with Stephanie Urbina-Jones and the Honky Tonk Mariachi. Grab a seat, grab a drink, saddle up, and let's take a ride down this Dreamer's Road. Vamanos, y'all. Vamanos, y'all. This is Stephanie Urbina-Jones. I'm so excited you're here joining me on the Dreamer's Road. This is a very, very especially special night of the Dreamers Road edition. You know, I often people ask me how I got where I am and, and doing what I'm doing truly after 25 years on this journey and still living it and still loving it. Well, the truth is there have been some dark nights of the soul. Just it's part of the human experience, right? And in the dark night of my soul, and in all of those moments for each of us, there are those profound moments when people, angels, cross our path and touch our lives and help direct our lives. My guest tonight is one of those cosmic breadcrumbs I talk about, truly an angel in my life. And I'm going to share our story and her story, and I pray that our story touches your heart and inspires you to keep dreaming and keep looking for those cosmic breadcrumbs along the way. Here we go. I want to show you a few pictures in the life of me and my special guest, Emily Greaves. Here we are, you guys. Here's a picture of Emily and I. There is my amiga de corazón, my friend of the heart and my soul. The truth is I met her at the darkest, hardest moment of my life. I descended in that to a retreat in the heart of Mexico in the pyramids of Teotihuacan. And I landed at this very special place called the Dreaming House. Here's a picture, one of the pictures of the magical place. And in the heart of this place, the Dreaming House, is a womb of a room where I spent many hours praying and searching. And there in front of me every day was this painting of the Tonantzin, the Virgin Guadalupe, the great mother of Mexico and soon to be of my heart. It ministered to my heart every day and from that time on. On this journey, I climbed the pyramids of Teotihuacan, which are laid out as a transformational journey. And it was there after my first week at the dreaming house in the womb of a room with the Virgin Guadalupe that I was given a vision for my life. Truly with my heart broken open, I, I was given a vision that I was to be a musician that I was supposed to share my broken open heart and my joy and be a fiery angel to keep moving forward. That vision, that time in my life has been a guiding force in my life. And of course, Emily Greaves and I, 15 years later, have become dear friends in the journey. She was the painter of the Virgin Guadalupe in that womb of a room. And of course, we were there as fate would have it in one of her first art exhibits in San Miguel de Allende. Here I am in a picture with 
Emily and her husband, Victor, and my husband, Jeremy, we were there to celebrate her as she stepped into the artistry of her heart, these sacred images from a time long ago, from the Toltecs and the Olmecs and the Aztecs. This has become the art of her heart, the transmission to share with other people in these times. And of course, because her art moves me so much, they have been the gifts that my husband and I have exchanged over the years. Here is the water guardian, which was the gift that I wanted the most in my life and that hangs right in front of the door to the river. And right, I see it as soon as I walk in every day. And this next photo is called Gifting Creation. And it is my 10th anniversary present to my husband and from him to me. These sacred symbols, each one of them have deep meaning to me and to many others. And of course, as time has gone on, Emily and I have become dear friends. We have in many ways transformed our heart. And in those waves, we've begun to teach other people and lead journeys together. We have led four journeys in Mexico, and here's a few shots from the amazing experiences we've had. Here we are in San Miguel de Allende with a group of women. Here we are in Oaxaca in the healing waters in the mountains of Mexico. Here we are at the Basilica in Mexico City leading a journey. And here we are at the top of the Pyramid of the Sun, another journey, healer's journey that we led these amazing folks and friends that we've come to know and love. So those are just a few of the moments that we've shared now as friends, as artists, and as teachers sharing our experiences with others on these amazing adventures. Emily has also been a believer in my art and she always encouraged me to tell my story, you know, to, to whittle it out, to carve it out. And so these stories, these songs aren't necessarily honky-tonk mariachi, but what I want you to know is the joy and the life and the passion and the love that I experience on the Grand Ole Opry and these stages all over the world would not have come had I not done this most sacred deep work within my heart of healing and transformation. From that, an album was born, many of you may or may not know, called Shaman Heart. This is my transformational journey and song, and Emily is a big part of that. I want to share how her art inspired mine. Here we go. Here is a song from Shaman Heart that Emily inspired called Breathing Life into the bones. This next song, again, we're dreaming all the time, right? So this next song is, is, is a part of that story within all of us. We don't even know that our thoughts are, have our prayers and that they're traveling to touch people's hearts right when we need it. And the mighty Facebook was so influential on one day about six years ago. I was in one of those places, not a great, not a great day, you know, and Emily got on Facebook and she was posting about this, one of her first art exhibits. 
and showing this piece that she was presenting called Breathing in the Bones. And uh, she went on to give it to me and we're going to be showing it to you a little bit later, but it's such a powerful piece. And I was so inspired by her courage to show her heart, to show her art and to keep painting. And this piece, Breathing in the Bones, just rocked my soul. And so her life inspired my life, my heart, my art. And this song was written, I think for all of us, it's called Bones. We got to dig up those bones, y'all. The skeletons of the medicine. closet and I opened up the door. Skeletons were rattling about settling some score. Hello, are you wishing what I could have shut up It's time to turn the page and turn these enemies into friends. I'm gonna realize to these bones. Well, the dead and say hello. To all the dragons and the demons I thought I'd bury long ago You see the skeletons all the medicine that I need To free my soul I'm gonna shine the light on all this light And free life into these bones <laughs> You know there's the green-eyed crazy girl I used to, I used to smile and often hurl dirty thoughts into the world and push everyone away. You see, all she ever wanted was to be seen and to be loved. The more she looks, the more she sees forgiveness is all she needs. I've been 
There you go. There's this song, Bones, from my album, Shellman Heart, that uh, was inspired by Emily Greaves, my guest. And behind me there is another painting of hers, the altar in our home that is tone unseen. That is the great mother, Virgin Guadalupe, and Emily's painting called La Curandera, which she's the great mother, the great healer with her love. Well, you guys, I'm honored. I want to share a little bit about Emily Greaves right before we bring her on. Here is a little of her story. Emily Greaves, if I told you that I spent sixth grade jumping into World War II bomb craters, perhaps you could imagine my heels grinding into dirt, the springing of my red canvas sneakers, free fall under the spotted diffused light of autumn sun as it shimmered through broad branches. Imagine the soft, powdery landing into decades of dry, decaying flat leaves as the forest sloughed off its used skin in an eternal cycle of converting the useless into rich compost, fertilizing the minds of young dreamers. I lived in a dream, in a cement high-rise built on the edge of the forest, on the German side of the border to France writing poetry and cleaning, clinging to trees, talking into rough texture of bark under my fingers, running from dogs and digging tunnels in the earth, under the moss, under the world. If I knew about unexploded ordnance from the night, if, if I knew about unexploded ordnance from the 1940s, I must not have feared it. I believe the forest knew what it was doing. I believe I was cared for by the presence that always ran along the edge of my dreams, along the tree line, along the crows, settling in for the early nights as I watched from my balcony. Shadows and sun rays rushing with equal urgency to meet me. I have spent my life on borders, living between cultures, between countries, between languages, between races, between religions, on the edges of things walking between the worlds. Moving to Mexico in 2004 and marrying into a village at the edge of the 2,000-year-old pyramids of Teotihuacan gave me a name for my border-straddling, bridge-building life, Omateo, the divine energy of duality merge, merging into oneness. I make it my business, in my art, and in my writing, in teaching and in guiding groups to honor differences and to find union. I am guided at every turn by the presence I first sensed so long ago, by the bomb craters holding my hand along the tree line, sheltering me in the shade of the wood. I now know her to be the Divine Mother, whom I call by all her names, recognized by all her faces, and love above all as the Virgin Guadalupe, she who embodies union across division in such a palpable way in my adopted country, the home of my heart, Mexico. 
I gather up the years of my life into my medicine basket, pulling in the BFA degree in art, the Fulbright scholarship in art history, the massage therapy certification, the shamanic studies, the years in unforgettable corporate jobs that helped me project, manage, and proofread and dot my eyes, the aerial dancing and creative movement, the healing, journeying, the dreaming, the pilgrimages, and the learning how to be present. I bring it all to my heart as an offering to you. I offer it as an intentional creativity teacher in the spirit of developing intuitive, creative expression as the way to cross borders, as the way duality merges into oneness. My friends and fellow dreamers, it is my honor to introduce you to my amiga de corazón y alma, my friend of the heart and soul, Emily Greaves. Hola! Hola! Mi amiga! Mi amiga! Oh my goodness, it's so wonderful to see you. Everyone, I want to let you know, Emily, is joining us via the pyramids of Teotihuacan in Mexico. <laughs> yes, here I am. So you may hear a gas truck or a motorcycle or a donkey or a rooster. <laughs> All things are possible in the street in front of my studio. <laughs> well, I am so honored and happy to have you here. Um, I think this is a little close inside to my life and my heart to have you on and um so let's get started emily let's get started thank you so much so i really want to know of course of course in your biography that that i just shared with everyone we got to get a sense of what you know your beginning of of, of what kind of grew your heart and your ears and and your spirit um, what were the other things growing up in your childhood? What do you feel like really marked your heart and guided when you look back and they're kind of, again, cosmic breadcrumbs along the way? Who were the people? Was anybody an artist? I, you know, I, I grew up in Montana, actually, and, and my bio references two years of my childhood that I spent in Germany. My, my mother's originally from Germany and my father was a professor who um, spent those two years um, as a guest professor at a university in, in Germany. And there, uh, there was definitely something about um, the opportunities that I had as a young person to travel frequently. Something really kind of unusual, you know, during the 70s and the 80s to, to be able to travel that frequently and open perspectives um, that I feel really blessed to have had those opportunities and they definitely, you know, helped shine a light mm -hmm. into um, some dark periods of my, my life to really, you know, see, you know, different cultures and see, you know, history made real, um, you know, European history in particular and, you know, life in Montana, um, oh. you know, it is its own thing. <laughs> you know, people are like, you're from Montana. <laughs> like, who's right. from Montana? <laughs> you know, it's like the, the fourth largest state geographically and one of the least populated, but a place that um, really, 
you know, has a presence in terms of nature. And I think that it was precisely the nature, the mountains that I grew up in, you know, while I'm not like a big wilderness person, you know, I was always surrounded by nature. Um, you know, we lived even, you know, in the neighborhood I grew up in, in, in Montana, I'm, I'm from Missoula. You know, we lived on the edge of a forest there also. And so there was always a presence of, you know, wilderness, nature, trees close by. And I think that, um, you know, I was aware in high school already of like something about nature being divine. And when I was struggling, you know, in church youth group to, to relate to like, what is the divine? I realized that, that I could touch the earth and that I would be in the presence of, of divinity. And so those were some, some lights in my, during my childhood that really helped um, get me through um, difficult times. Also creativity, you know, I was always from a really young age, particularly when I lived in Germany in that, that cement high rise on the edge of the forest. I was always writing poetry. I was always fiddling around with my, my watercolor paints. And um, in, in Montana, I was involved in um, community theater and always looking for some way to express myself. I was always kind of, I was in music. I was in band. Um, I was always, you know, kind of like, you know, the, the weirdo looking out to express herself. And I found that outlet through creativity, definitely. And, um, you know, through really dreaming, you know, I, I think that the reason why those years in Germany were so impactful for me were because I had a tree. <laughs> like, I really, I had a tree. And I would spend hours in that tree doing what? like dreaming. I mean, I would really, really spend so much time talking to that tree, dreaming, you know, off really kind of, you know, like now in hindsight, it can identify that as really like, you know, traveling into other realms that we might not have access to so readily when we're fixated on the physical plane. Um, but I think that, that those experiences, um, in the long run really helped, you know, open a pathway to being able to connect to what is inspiration, you know, to, to bring in inspiration, to know how to go to someplace else, you know, closer to source <laughs> and to bring back um, those dreams and begin to, to imagine how I might live them in, in this reality. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Thank you so much. I love that because I think if you heard any childhood story of any, let's see, um, from Huckleberry Finn to to all 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 theologies and all places on the planet, all kids have some hopefully connection to a tree, to the moon, to the stars, to fireflies something that connects them to life, you know, and is the beginning of what is this all about? I really love that. Well, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about, so you grew up and you went to college and you had corporate jobs. And I really want to talk about this, this crossroads 
you know, that got you in this little village <laughs> in Mexico um, and the love story that, that came from that. So please share with us this giant cosmic breadcrumb, again, crossroad <laughs> that got you here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Giant cosmic breadcrumb. I love that. Um, so I was living in San Francisco. I lived there for about 10 years and, um, you know, struggling artists living in a very expensive big city. I was always working corporate jobs and, um, I worked for a number of years as a legal assistant in commercial real estate. Like, so me, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I, um, I continued to, you know, make my artwork, um, you know, kind of, kind of like relegated to hobby status, but definitely, you know, something that was important to me and, you know, continued my explorations of multidimensionality and had studied shamanic healing. And so, you know, it was definitely a big part of my life, but my, my day job, you know, consumed a lot of my energy. Um, I was working in the financial district of San Francisco on the 49th floor of the Bank of America building. And I would go into those dark canyons of, you know, skyscrapers every day, just, you know, kind of buck up, imagine, you know, imagining I'm a beacon of light and all of this darkness, <laughs> you know, and I would hang paintings in my cube <laughs> and, um, you know, would, you know, do my best to, to get through my days. And I, you know, back in the days of, of Craigslist, um, I don't know, maybe that still exists in the United States, but it was a big thing back in, in that time in the early, early 2000s. And I had seen an, an ad, um, a call for art on Craigslist for a little shaman bookstore that was opening up in Berkeley. And I thought, hey, that sounds like my art. And so I went and um, met the, the women um, who were the owners of the bookstore and they liked my art. And I hung a whole bunch of paintings up in their shop. And um, I would check in every once in a while and, you know, just chat with them. They were really fabulous. And one day I went in and they were like, hey, we're going to Teotihuacan next week. And I had never heard of the place. And something about the resonance of that name made me just like swing my head around and go like, where are you going? Tell me all about it. And um, so I, I even kind of like entertained the, the, the idea of like, God, could I get there next week? Um, of course, <laughs> it wasn't possible, but they went and they came back and I visited shortly after their return from their, their journey. And they said, you know, we saw you there, like your energetic imprint and people who looked like you, like there's some, something about you have to go to this place. And so I, I worked for the next year and a half to save up, to go on this journey. And I went with the same teacher that they had gone with, um, Heather Ashamara, who at that time had a center, the, the Toltec Center for Creative Intent in Berkeley, California at the time. And um, so I went on the journey and it was extraordinary. And I resonated so strongly with, with this place and had powerful visions and really, you know, sort of came really naturally to this practice of dreaming. 
um, because I've been doing it all my life. <laughs> I have a harder time with some of the other Toltec practices that require the stocking, you know, that require more. <laughs> um, but just felt, you know, such a resonance with, with the place, with the land. And uh, on the final night of the journey, um, the, the, the instructors, the facilitators of the journey, Heather and um, one of the other teachers, Lee McCormick, um, took us to a fiesta organized by a friend of theirs, a local friend, Alberto Hernandez uh, Romero, um, at this place, now the Dreaming House, which <laughs> I shared a photo of earlier. And at that time, it, well, it didn't look anything like, you know, even remotely what it does, what it looks like now. But they said, you know, we're, Lee was helping Alberto, you know, um, begin to, you know, bring his vision into reality, um, helping him with funding for the development of this, this old house, old family home into a retreat center. And um, so they took us to this fiesta and it was a large group. There were like 40 people and I'm kind of like a little bit of an introvert at parties. So I felt really awkward and said, oh gosh, what can I do? I went into the kitchen, which at that point was like an open air kitchen. Um, and there was a, a girl there who spoke a little bit of English who later turned out it was the girlfriend of my now husband. She was so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> and we chatted. And I felt, I remember looking at, it was a July and it was um, just this beautiful starry night and these gorgeous Pirul California peppercorn trees. And I felt really at home. And um, towards the end of the evening, I, I finally got up the nerve to approach Alberto, who had his gallery open. He has these incredible obsidian sculptures and just amazing stone pieces. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Mexico. <laughs> um, and so I, I, you know, got up the guts to approach him and, um, and I'm looking at his pieces. He had these beautiful serpentine masks and just beautiful pieces. And for some reason, I, I don't know what, what it was, why this came out of me, but it was obviously like the cosmic choreography of my life. I said to him, I'm like, oh, I really like your art. You know, I'm an artist. I'm a painter. And those words, like I didn't say to him, oh, I'm a legal assistant in commercial real estate. Like, I said, I'm an artist, I'm a painter. And giving voice to that truth finally <laughs> changed the course of my life because he looked up at me and he's a very intuitive person. He looked up at me and he said, oh, you can paint the mural. And he turned to Lee who was standing next to him and said, she can paint the mural. And Lee's like, you can paint the mural. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but that moment, I mean, I've, I've reflected on it often over the years, and it was really that I spoke the truth of who I am that is what changed everything. And then it was just me dancing the, the cosmic choreography that was laid out <laughs> you know, in that quantum reality. Like, I chose this reality. And um, so, you know, Lee said hey, I'm coming back with another journey in three months. Why don't you come? And I'm like, I still have no idea what you people are talking about. But I, I'd had this vision on that journey. And when I, when I got home after my traveling here in Mexico and all these experiences, 
And I walked into my house and it was like walking into a stranger's house. Like my something on a molecular level had been rearranged inside me as a result of, you know, these experiences that like I didn't fit into that old life anymore. I was like kind of like literally a different person. And so I began, you know, praying about this random opportunity that had arisen to paint a mural in this retreat center in Mexico. And I prayed to the Virgin of Guadalupe. I had gone to her, um, to her basilica on that first journey also. And I, I prayed to her and I just asked the question, it was like to the universe, like, am I supposed to go to Mexico to paint a mural? And I received an answer that was very, very clear. That was yes, but like a mandate. And um, it was the sort of thing where it, I felt if I tried to deny it or push it away or cover it up, that things would start erupting in my life. <laughs> and um, so I began, I had a, at that point, you know, a month that already passed. And so I had two months to sort of pack up my entire life in the Bay Area and quit my job and find someone to take over my car payments on my brand new car and, you know, get rid of all my worldly belongings. And, and so I, I followed through on it. I call it graduate school in faith. <laughs> Big part of dreaming is having faith. And, you know, following the signs and, um, you know, feeling like I received a lot of help from, you know, other realms, definitely as a result of, of my prayer. And so when I came down here with just a couple suitcases, one of which was filled with paints, I had no idea where I was going to stay and participated in that journey. And then um, my now mother-in-law, Veronica, arrived to... Uh, pick me up and take me to their house. And at this point I'm thinking, you know, no one's even asked to see a portfolio. <laughs> they don't know <laughs> if I know how to draw a stick <laughs> and just everyone functioning on intuition and faith and dreaming, the power of dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and when they took me over to the, you know, the dreaming house and said, basically, you know, it's a blank canvas, do whatever you want. Um, you're, you know, I mean, they literally gave me, they were so generous, you know, in their operating from faith and intuition that they just gave me full permission to express myself. However, you know, I wanted, I mean, it was the greatest blessing. Like every artist dreams of this, you know, like I said goodbye to the corporate job and now I get to do whatever I want, paint whatever I want. It was an incredible blessing. And, um, they took me into what's now the, the meeting room, the, the Virgin Salon, um, which we saw in a photo earlier. And they had an idea of placing this figure of the Virgin of Mount Carmel, La Virgen del Carmen, in that room. And they said, just like paint some clouds behind her or something. And I was looking at this blank wall and the mother came to me again and said, remember that vision you had? I'd had this vision of her appearing in this portal in one of the temples in the pyramids called um, the Palace of Quetzalcoatl or the Palace of the Butterflies. And, um, and so she came to me and it was like, an, she gave me another mandate. It was really, really clear. Like I heard it in my ear saying, paint your vision on this wall. And, mm. and I mean, I was 
freaked out because I'd never painted on anything larger than a canvas. And even my style was much more sort of expressionist and, you know, and I was very thankful actually when I received that mandate that I had actually studied art, you know, long ago in the, you know, late eighties, early nineties. And um, that I could sort of call up some of those technical skills that I'd learned long ago to really bring that into form. And um, I spent a year painting in in that room and, you know, the power would go out and I'd be painting (laughs) flashlights, I'd, you know, be up on top of a ladder and, you know, just, you know, hilarious things. My now husband who, I mean, I stayed, I lived for two months in his family home and befriended him, you know, and then when I moved over to the dreaming house, um, he started coming around and scaring me. He'd he'd tiptoe into the salon. I'd be deep in concentration painting and he'd go, boo. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's how he made me fall in love with him. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was really sweet. The, you know, the, the love story that came out of that, that was really based in friendship and in, you know, I remember meeting him. He doesn't remember me because the group was so large, but on that very first night at that part, at that fiesta, at that party, um, I remember his smile just lighting up the night as he gave us a ride back to the hotel we were staying at at that point. And, um, you know, just like to meet someone during such a creative process, because I painted a lot of things in that house over the course of the year. I learned Spanish, helping project manage the construction workers that they had. Um, at the, at the time, but it was really an extraordinary time in my life that all depended on me really claiming the truth of who I am, that I'm an artist. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank Uh, you so much for letting uh, me share that story. Emily, thank you so much. I know I've heard that story, but not heard it the same way that I just heard those moments. And I, so appreciate it. And I so appreciate you sharing it for me and for anybody else who's watching, because what's so important, you know, um, when I was, you know, on my journey, I would try to find biographies of people and these moments of faith and these crossroads, because for all of us, right, on this dreamer's road, there are moments that we really want to throw in the towel. We just like, I can't do this anymore. I give whatever that is. I give me, I was always, I'm going back to Texas, you know, I'm going back to Texas, whatever. I'm not going to, I'm giving up on this dream so many times. And at those crossroad moments there, where there was that we cosmic breadcrumb, the graduate school in faith, the graduate school in grace, you know, it's hard for me to talk about the dreamers road without bringing in some divine intervention. You know, whatever that is for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for you all who are watching, Emily went on to marry uh, this beautiful human being, Victor, who was the son of Veronica and of Alberto. They went on to create this amazing place called the Dreaming House, which only a few years later, or a year later, I found myself in my broken heart in that womb of a room that we showed you a picture and truly my life began to transform rapidly from that time and i since then have really been able to full tilt biggie live my dreams 
live my dreams. And so you're getting to hear Emily's story of, of her walk of faith. And she went on and she and Victor have this amazing son born of that love and that mystery of love. And she's gone on to um, then, of course, paint and and have exhibits and and help with the Dreaming House. She's there always, always greeting us um, and making sure things are just right when we bring journeys there. And of course, she and I have led journeys to the most amazing places in Mexico. Um, and she is also a teacher. She's a teacher that through this creative, intentional creativity, people find their own, their own dreamer, their own love, their own forgiveness, their own faith, and through this process that she teaches. Um, and so I want to just go really quickly and share just a little video really quick. Mike, this is a video of just 40 seconds of Emily teaching in Oaxaca. We were... Um, painting, you know, our love. Here you go. You can just, here's a little bit of her in action. It is an eight pointed star. And so I start with a cross. And you'll see that the texture is like pretty rough. So you just can right away let go of there being any kind of a perfection. <coughs> And then, so the cross, and then another cross, the opposite direction of shorter ones. And, and then you just kind of angle them out a little bit. And these metallic paints um, turn out pretty cool on the... <laughs> there you go. Just a little snippet. <laughs> of the amazing journeys that we have together. And I want to show you guys, this is one of Emily's masterpieces. It's called The Whole of Creation. And Emily, I really want you to share why the, what, why this painting means so much to you. And after all these years, and here's her also her website, emilykgreevesart.com, emilykgreevesart.com. And this is The Whole of Creation. Emily, tell us about this. So this painting um, for me was one, an, an immense learning and new technical skill um, using a technique that I learned from an, an incredible artist, Amanda Sage. The technique is called the Mish Technique, which is a pretty laborious process to um, be able to show light like as if the painting emanates light and um just a great much greater luminosity than i've been able to achieve before it was also based on an, a really amazing meditation um that uh, like a guided visualization that the result of that dreaming process really took me into like the culmination of my own exploration of what is creation, what is creator, and how are we an innate part of creation? Um, I think we often separate ourselves from both creator and creation. And certainly the, the Teotihuacanos that built the pyramids here where I live 
were in a constant exploration of this as evidenced by the murals that they left behind um, of making their every creative act be an emulation of the great creative force in the universe as a reminder of their integral part of it. And um, so the this image, which I received through that, that meditation, um, just felt like kind of like an aha or like a sigh of relief of like, it's true, I actually am part of creation. And um, it was really amazing to, to create it. One of the things that happened uh, um, as I got to some of the most complicated parts, which are the the Milky Way that are opening up with all these angels pouring forth with their their magical creation threads to weave this whole reality together. I repainted that part so many times. And there was like a point of such immense frustration of like, oh my God, I just can't get it. It's too hard, right? Mm-hmm. And what I learned from that is that I could just like, like there's never a point where it's like it's all ruined you know like i actually could pick up and and do it again like the universe telling you like choose again choose again choose again you're never wrong you're never behind you're never like nothing's ever permanently messed up in the great weave of creation it's just like centering yourself again coming present again and trying again. And eventually I got it. And um, it was just such a great learning to me to not give up when there were points when I was like, like I'll never be able to do this. Oh, we have the, the garbage bell, ringing the bell. <laughs> and um, so it was, it was just a really extraordinary learning process for me to not give up, but to regather my faith reconnect to the dream and um and simply continue one step at a time going forward um and i actually i i actually wrote a poem that goes with it i don't know if you'd like to hear it yes please do you want to hear the poem yes okay i don't know maybe maybe you can bring the image up again um and, and then I'll, I'll share the poem. It's not that long of a poem. So the whole creation. If I began the story in the middle, you might be able to smell the nixtamal, the earthy lime of corn masa, and the tortillas rising on the comal, warm hands flipping them into being. You might be able to feel the spot where my long, golden ribbon pierces the crust of the earth thrust down through oceans and tectonic plates even before they were dreamed into existence looped and woven into the shape that holds it all into place you might hear the rushing of feathers slicing air as thousands of angels fall through the gap in space that birthed it all into view, each one bringing a thread to the weaving of life, the matrix of this new world. You might smell the smoke of the, the tlequil, 
the oven in which life is cooked into living, matter kneaded into feeling, formed and pressed with fingers, breathed upon, gazed upon, made to be something new, something transformed from nothing to this. And here we live now in the whole of creation, remembering, forgetting, and remembering again, nestling into the weft of the fibers, yearning to be touched by her hands again. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Boy, I felt that. Woo! I love it. Well, I want to say for any of you that are interested, Emily has, I don't know, they're not called prints. What do you call them? Giggly? They're clay prints. Okay, Jaclay Prince. That's how you say the word, Jaclay Prince. And you can go to her website, Emily K. Greaves art.com. And she has prints of these. And, you know, after that transmission, just know that they carry that love and, and she'll ship them from Mexico to you. And you can follow her work. I will tell you again, every major moment in my life has been marked by a painting of Emily's that adorn our house every day, all down here. And we're in the process of like celebrating our 10th anniversary with this other piece. So thank you, Emily. Um, you know, I love you, my friend. And mm -hmm. let's talk now about, let's talk about experienceteo.com, okay? So yeah. for any of y'all who are watching, again, this is a little off the beaten path of the normal dreamer's road, you know? But this is a part of the honky-tonk mariachi. Don't you know those honky-tonk heroes had broken hearts? Don't you know that Hank Williams wrote about it and found his way through his songs, through his music, through his art? So it is so honky-tonk, this journey that I and Emily have been on. And we're sharing how we have, in our brokenness, have prayed, surrendered, and found that faith to keep going and, and to be directed, right? And so we are celebrating this place called the Dreaming House, this place in the pyramids of Teotihuacan, this place where Emily lives and where everyone that works there, Alberto, Veronica, um, everyone, Pancho, Victor, they're all there serving love in every single way every painting, every wall, every tortilla, every day is serving love. And in that way, it is an experience for us all to go. And we find our own love. We find a reflection of our love and the dream, the new dream of our life. And of course, I lead journeys there. Emily leads journeys there. We are celebrating the Dreaming House. Um, they've had a hard year, of course, with the pandemic. And so we've got to help them carry the dream forward. And so collectively, all these teachers um, that lead journeys, we, they've created this experienceteo.com. And you can go to experienceteo.com. You can see videos of, of me and Jeremy teaching and Emily painting and all these amazing teachers, transformational teachers, Heather Ash Amra, um, and on and on, Lee McCormick, Francis, 
Um, they're all sharing their their stories on this experience And I have been asked, I'm so honored to bring my story, my transformational story in song, Shaman Heart, that album. And so we, on April the 23rd, we are going to be doing a concert. Uh, here it is, Music is Medicine. Music is Medicine. Um, it is on Friday, April the 23rd, 4 Pacific time, 7 Central time, 8 Eastern time. I'm going to be telling my journey through song. It's, you know, I've never really shared this intimate of, a, of, of my experience. And there I'm also going to be having my teachers and amazing songwriters, um, James Nihon and Dawn Zerlinden will be sharing music as well as the Cosmic Cowboy himself. That was the point of, um, <laughs> of divine intervention for Emily and I, Mr. Lee Richard McCormick who's also an amazing songwriter. So it's April the 23rd. You'll just go to experienceteo.com. Everyone is invited. There is no price for admission. We will be accepting donations and you can figure out how on that from that place, but um, really encourage you to come and join us. Mark your calendar, April 23rd, and you are gonna hear the stories behind the songs um, you know, the moments that really mattered most that led to the magic down the road. So thank you, Mike, for sharing that. Well, Emily, I have one more question for you. Is that the milkman? It's the garbage truck. Okay. Yeah, we have the tamales. The tamale sales people go by when I was reading the poem. I don't know if you heard that. I love it. It's right like they're, they're right off cue. <laughs> the whole integration. <laughs> So my, my question for you is, um, what advice do you have for other dreamers? What do you have? What would you say from your experience, Amiga? <laughs> I think that the advice that I would have for other dreamers is to begin to pay attention to where you're putting your intention where you're putting your attention <laughs> because where you put your attention will indicate what your intention is. So attention and intention are inextricably linked. And um, once you can bring your attention to what your intention is, then you can actually create intentionally, which is really how all of the dreams are fueled is through your intention. So like what do you want to manifest in your life? Like, like where is the direction of your dreams? And if you really bring your intention to that and begin each project, each creative act from a place of intention, um, then your creative capacity and the energy you have available to create will begin to like vibrate in a clear way exponentially. And um, this method that I work in of intentional. Well, we have lost Emily for a moment there, but I think Cloud, this gotten... creating intentionally is, is um, been such a gift in my life. So that, that would be my advice to begin with is like 
where is your attention? You know, is it out in all the other voices that are in our heads telling us that we can't do it or it's like going to be hopeless or, you know, all those judgmental, critical voices that we live with on a daily basis? Or are we going to bring our attention in to our hearts, which is really the place from which we create our greatest masterpieces from our hearts? bring our attention in what is our intention what is our prayer really mm. um you know i think sometimes we can we can really equate or like they're they're in parallel aligned paths intention and prayer and um to, to gather the for, the the force of our heart to to fuel the energy with which we need to create so yes yeah Thank you so much. Gosh, I Aww. so appreciate your invitation to, to share here with you, Stephanie. And it's so beautiful to see you wearing your beautiful <laughs> Guadalupe hat. There she is. There she I love is. It. <laughs> yes, Emily has, has, again, been a gift as a teacher and as a dear friend. And, uh, and, and she walks with me every day. I wake up to her, her art and her heart. And um, I just, I love you so much. You, uh, I've told you this before, but I'll share with other people. It was the strangest thing. I don't know how long ago that was, like 12 to 15 years that I first was there at the Dreaming House with the Virgin Guadalupe. And I met you and I had never had this experience. I had a vision that you and I would be old ladies together in Mexico and that we would, we would drink coffee and laugh in our older years. And you know, I cherish our friendship, my friend, and thank you for sharing your medicine. Thank you for sharing your heart and your story because people need to hear it, right? Thank you so much. Well, we will thank see you, you. so much. You're so welcome. And again, everybody, you can uh, check out Emily Greaves. Here is her website. And emilykgreavesart.com. I also want to share one more time the poster right here for the concert benefiting the Dreaming House. This is Music is Medicine. It is one of the few times I will ever be sharing this most intimate story and song of my journey. And, you know, here I will be in my living room with Patterson Barrett singing and telling these stories. It's not the grand old Opry, but it's the moments that made those moments along the way. So join us on Friday, April the 23rd. Music is medicine. Go to experienceteo.com. That's where you can get all the information about where that concert will be viewed at experienceteo.com. So everybody, I want to thank again, Emily Greaves and everybody at the Dreaming House. We'll be seeing you in July. I'll be leading another journey there in July 20th through the 27th with my husband. Join us if you are ready to excavate your heart and learn how to harness your heart and your energy, your attention and your intention. Because truly, as Emily was saying, that is the difference. That's what changed my life. Before I was a big, beautiful dreamer, but I couldn't harness my thoughts in the direction of my dreams and my heart. And it 
literally changed my life in the last 10 years, you know, these experiences. Well, I want to share a little merch video here, Honky Tonk Mariachi. We have chocolate from Mexico. We have these amazing hats from Mexico, our Honky Tonk Mariachi t-shirts. Let's show them that video, Mike. We hope you're enjoying this broadcast of Dreamers Road with Stephanie Urbina-Jones and the Honky Tonk Mariachi. You can support the Dreamers Road through music and merchandise. Visit www.honkytonkmariachi.com. Well, you guys, that's the end of the Dreamers Road. I thank my guest, Emily Greaves. I want to thank Mike, who helps make everything happen. Please subscribe to us, share us, and like us. You can check up out and keep in touch with us at everything honkytonkmariachi.com, you guys. I want to thank everyone, and we'll see you two weeks from now down the Dreamer's Road. Muchísimas gracias, y'all. Muchísimas gracias, y'all. Thank you for watching The Dreamer's Road with Stephanie Urbina-Jones and the Honky Tonk Mariachi. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and by everything at honkytonkmariachi.com. Remember, above all, some dreams are worth dreaming a lifetime to live. Muchísimas gracias. Adios, mis amigos.